0: Is Paul. And this is Wayne.
1: So Paul, you've got one dog. Yes. And Wayne, you've got two, two. three, two. two. Uh, I have four. And so, you know, conversation as it will in my house turns to in the in the course of a pandemic and in this apocalyptic age we're living in, which of the dogs do you eat in which order? And I'm curious
0: if that's a conversation you guys have in your homes. No, the wife goes before the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and then the neighbors before the dogs because uh-huh. i have to feed the dog something yeah yeah no, the dogs are not on the list Huh?
1: Huh. Yeah. well i mean i don't i mean I, I know that you don't have an order in which to I, no her, i don't but have, but have you considered how you would prepare her no, hasn't no. Even i mean like name. would she go in the egg i mean I, in the egg <laughs> 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 you know here's the funny thing i
2: feel like now I'm like sitting sitting here thinking, you know, I, I'm such a picky eater. I don't think uh-huh. I would eat dog. I mean, it, huh. it is meat, right? So it's it's like I'm I'm picky with my vegetables, but I mean, I've you know, I've, I I could I've, I'm certainly a meat eater, but eh, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it would be too much prep work. Whereas a human, you can pretty much just throw them on the grill.
1: Well, you know, you gotta shave El- a dog. Well, Elmer, for instance, you know, uh, he's the first to go, um, yeah, uh, his thighs, for instance, I mean, I think those cook up great in the pan, you know, I, there's a, there's a lot of good gnawing and eating there. Uh, you know, I, I think that you can, you can, I, I think Elmer gets you a couple of meals, you know, and, uh, you know, Trudy goes next and, uh, you know, she, she's more of a, of an oven roasted, uh, dog. <laughs> Um, you know Walter, he's a low and slow, you know. No, not Walter. Walter still (laughs) Walter is still exempt. I feel.
0: Well, you know, Aaron, all of the stories you've told, Uh you finally succeeded in disturbing me. (laughs) None of the others have reached that, but this time you you got me. I'm disturbed. I have this conversation
1: with my wife frequently and, frequently. and you know, I tell her, I said, you know, if we had kids, I'd be asking that question.
0: Which of the kids do we eat <laughs> first? first? Is it Timmy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yes. Well, I mean, that's why Tim's not on the show anymore. We we had a pandemic and the dogs come before Tim. Yeah. <laughs> the dogs
2: have to eat. Tim gotta go. Yeah. Well, 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 for the few remaining listeners who sat out that conversation... <laughs>
1: Also, uh, I would eat the neighbor's kids before I eat my dogs. I'm just saying well, that when there, it comes down options. to the dogs, yes, yeah, there are many options, you
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Aaron, now that you've grossed everyone out,
1: uh-huh.
2: let's talk about. You know, th- this is this has been a very. It, you would think, based on Aaron's conversation, that it was a slow news week, <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. This was a very. Active news week in the comics world, at least for one publisher. Marvel's pretty much been uh, all They've quiet been on the Western this front, week, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so DC, a couple big things. Uh, some bad, some exciting, um, some just expected. Uh, and on so on the bad side, we we've got DC had a pretty significant layoff this week. Um, Now, the the folks are still working for DC for the the next few months. I I believe it's uh, happening more towards November, but they've been notified. Yeah. And so, you know, about 20 to 25% of their workforce has been laid off, including a lot of um, the editorial staff. Uh, Jim Lee has taken a uh, demotion. He still has publisher, but he is no longer... I think he he had, I think he was editor-in-chief and publisher. And now yeah, they, he was they doing,
1: he was double timing after uh DiDio left. Yeah.
2: Right? But yeah. you know, in, in, to, to be fair, it's so there was a pretty lengthy discussion with Jim Lee on the Hollywood reporter this week. And he said, you know, it, 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 it is one of those things that I took that position because I always thought there would be someone handling the business side and I would be handling the comic side. And when they got rid of the he took it all on. Right. And so now, you know, they've brought in um, some folks who were handling the digital and the uh, middle grade publishing line to uh, be co-editor-in-chiefs. Marie Javens and Michelle Wells are now the co-editor-in-chiefs. Lots of big changes. They're they're cutting. And you can already see it in November solicits. About 20% of the titles are being cut, which means we'll definitely get... Our, we'll, we'll still got our focus on the Trinity, you know. The bat you'll get lots of Batman, lots of Superman, Wonder Woman. Um, but they looked at their lowest selling titles and they've been cut, uh,
1: and so lots of well, lots of big changes. And let's be clear, I I think there's only one book in the books that got cut that any of us are reading here. Well, I think that's the know, thing, right. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean they're they're they are cutting those books because they're not profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book that I that I'm reading on that list is Young Justice.
0: Yeah, same and year. I, and it's I, the first of those uh was it young animal imprints uh, wonder comics wonder comics it's the first wonder comics book to get canceled yeah
2: well and is so, it being canceled or is it coming to its natural end because i feel like I some of these been, books are natural ends i think young justice is being canceled mm. well but so is teen titans right yeah so i, I find the fact that both titles are being canceled sus- I, I i now here's the thing we're saying canceled When you see Young Justice get cancelled and Teen Titans get cancelled in the same month, it feels to me like, hmm, give it another month or two, we'll see, uh, you know... A um, reboot. A a reboot, especially because this is all coming at the end of Death Metal. Yep. So I I do think that some of this stuff is is cancellation, like Aquaman is coming to an end, but they say there is definitely... It's not necessarily coming to an end, but something is happening with the title. I'm yeah. assuming, you know. Yeah,
1: I think I think there'll be some transitions, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know, an opportunity to, to relaunch with new creative teams. Um, now, I don't think that's the issue with Young Justice, given that Bendis is on there. But I think the next logical step is for Bendis to take on the Titans. You know given yeah. that he's kind of doing a tour of the dc universe but you know i saw some comments and i don't want to say it was from jerry conway i could be wrong on that uh so don't quote me but you know it was like well this is what happens when you know uh, at&t takes over a, a comic book yeah. uh, publishing company and i don't think that's it i don't think that's the reason why this happened this happened because there was a huge public buyout of warner media And when you do one of these big acquisitions, you got to pay for it. And the way you pay for it is by cutting jobs. Uh, We see this all the time. Um, And I I really wish that part of the acquisition metric that the federal government looks at is how many jobs are going to be lost. And if it's above a certain threshold, and really I think that threshold should be about 10%, you can't do it, Right. I mean, I think that should be part of the the monopoly metric that the feds apply because so they, they will they will buy out a company for a redonkulous amount of money. And then they cut the people who are doing the work, not necessarily yeah. because the jobs are redundant. It's just they're looking to cut. I mean, I, you know, we see in, in these sorts of things, you know, these arbitrary numbers Well, we will cut 20 percent, whether it makes sense for the business or not. Um, and I, and again, it it is you know the the frontline working guy that's paying the price, not uh, the uh, investors. And yeah, I just, a, I think that's a shame.
0: And I'm sure the couple months of no incoming income probably didn't help it either. No, not at all. No. Not at all.
1: Well, and again, yeah, I, I don't I don't blame it on AT- then it's AT and because anybody who bought them out would do the same damn thing, and that happens in all lines of business not just media so well yeah
2: and you know and obviously i I feel bad for anyone who lost their job absolutely um you know i I do think maybe i i don't want to say this should happen to marvel because i don't want people to lose their job but i i think at&t and warner media looked at dc and said there are aspects of this that are straight up not profitable um and there are ways we can do things cheaper but still as effective including um another area that was hit pretty hard was dc direct Right, so yep. DC Direct is the well. I think it's now just called DC Collectibles, but right. you know their collectibles line—they do all the toys, all the the um, the statues—and the writing has been on the wall for a little while with that because they had they've made that big deal with um, McFarlane toys, and Jim Lee basically said as much. He said, you know, DC Direct or DC Collectibles isn't done for. It's going to focus on the high end collectibles, and the action figure market. We're basically going to license out um to, to to companies that are st- that are you know have the
0: infrastructure to support that kind of stuff but still quality yeah and it makes sense mm-hmm. i mean that's a move that i completely understand there's not they're not in the business of making toys they're in the business of printing comics right
2: mm-hmm. well and obviously uh dc universe and this is one this is the this one has been uh we we've been talking about this for a while now. Um, the original content that was on DC Universe is migrating to HBO Max. So um, your well, Swamp Thing was a one and done anyway, but um, Titans, Doom Patrol, uh, Harley Quinn, most of which is already on HBO Max. I think Titans is the only thing not on yeah, HBO t- Max. Titans
1: has not come over yet, but but clearly it's coming that way
2: because it has been greenlit for a third season. So right, you know that will that. They will be moving um, all that to HBO Max. But what's interesting about this quote from Jim Lee, and I'll put the, you can go to iomgeek.com and I'll put the link uh, to the uh, interview with him from the Hollywood Reporter. He says, in regards to the community and experience that DCU created and all the backlist content, something like 20,000 to 25,000 different titles and the way it connected with fans 24-7, there was always going to be a need for that. So we're excited to transform it. And we'll have more news on what that will look like. It's definitely not going away.
1: So I, I was encouraged to see, you know, there there was commentary from the senior leadership mm-hmm. uh, at AT and T and uh, DC, and they were talking about. In fact, the, the letter that went out to staff about the layoffs that that you know got shared publicly uh, talks about how they are refocusing their priority. On digital media Um, which which only tells me as as to your your, to your uh, point Paul that that archives not going away it's gonna get repurposed into something else what that is who knows but I think that consolidation of content is where it's at right now for all of these you know publishing houses and and productions Um, that makes sense for them to put it all under 110 HBO max uh, put it all there to make that that valuable because you know as we're seeing on the other side, you know CBS All Access we know is rebranding uh, in 2021 and it looks like it's going to rebrand as Paramount which I think is a smart deal. Um, it's gonna there are they 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 call them super streamers uh and as i shared on uh, our star trek podcast that doesn't mean that you can really create a strong flow uh it means that that you there's are there's no pp a, involved here that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> but uh what it means is that you have got you know an f ton of content and we saw what cbs all access looked like when it launched and even as it is now there's just not much there you've got to have you know a a a great big backlog as disney plus has proved um and that's how these guys are doing it, is by pushing it all to one place. And so I think this is a smart move on, you know, I don't know what we call it now, if we call it AT&T or if we call it uh, Warner Media or HBO Max. But the fact that they're
0: they're pushing all that stuff to that one place is smart. Yeah, and I'm really happy to see that the comics catalog is going to somehow still be out there. Because I I really enjoy being able to go out and just grab these old DC books and read them. Yeah, I do a lot of that. I have no idea what they mean when they say the community and experience because I've never interacted with any other person as part of the DC Universe. But they
2: do have like chat rooms and, yes. and and groups and stuff like that. So I do think it, it I, didn't I don't even use that, that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't use that stuff because I'm antisocial. Um, right. But I, apparently it is very popular uh, for communication between fans and,
0: and starting up groups and things like that. I had no idea that even existed. And I'm a subscriber, so yeah, i
1: I remember when DCU went live, they were really pushing that on your iPhone, you know, get in these chat rooms and whatnot. I'm like, well, that sounds terrible. Would I would actually <laughs> want to talk to people. <laughs> I don't
2: understand this at all. you know, so you know Jim Lee's like, you know, we are in the business of publishing comics. We're not going away. We're not going to just digital content. We're not going to just um graphic novels. He says, you're going to see more international content, you're going to see more digital content, because we're looking at opportunities to use digital, like injustice, as kind of a, you know, like a, a, almost like starting an IP, almost like an IP, like an R&D, right? Like, we're going to. Take some titles that we don't want to spend the money on publishing yet, throw them out in digital, and if they do well, like Injustice did, then move them to print, because that was effective for Injustice. And I think they're looking at opportunities to take that model. And what's interesting to me is, you hear Jim Lee say that stuff, well, you see Jim Lee say that stuff. And for me, it's like, all right, I'm, I buy in. Because Jim Lee, I don't know, for me, it, it, unlike Dan DiDio, even though Dan DiDio like, really kind of shot shot straight... He kind of had that used car salesman, oh yeah, uh, vibe to him. Whereas Jim Lee, I'm like, oh no, Jim Lee's trustworthy. I trust everything he says. <laughs> See, that's
0: funny because when I read his interview, my thought is, this is a guy that is towing the company line and being as you know propaganda filled in his answers as possible. He is, but you know, I didn't get any straight <laughs> shooting from him.
2: But because it's Jim Lee, I'm like, okay, yeah, Jim Lee
0: he generally seems like a nice guy because he seems like <laughs> such a nice
2: guy <laughs> but, i
0: got it felt like he was blowing so much smoke up everyone's ass when i read this article
2: well, it's damage control right you lose 25 percent of your workforce immediately you know you've got people with the rumors and dc's going down and blah 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 well,
1: and, and the, the rumors about dc's demise were coming about long before the layoff yeah You know, because they were saying, oh, AT&T is going to cut DC because it's not profitable. They're not going to cut DC. It's it's an idea factory. (laughs) You know, that's just not going to happen. And I do think this happens in the Marvel side of things. I think
2: it's less obvious because it's Disney. And Disney's like, oh, yeah, we have to lay off a bunch of our workforce. And somehow, you know, some of it's Marvel. I don't know. Like, I feel like this stuff has to happen on the other side of the fence. But it's not quite as... uh, Prevalent.
1: Well, yeah. Well, it's not. It, it's not as visible because there was. We're long past the the Disney buyout, right? Yeah. Um. You know, certainly things things are going to shrink in the pandemic economy because there's just not as much money out there as there as as there was this time last year, and that is that's reasonable. It's unfortunate. Uh. It's terrible. I yeah. You know, I hate I hate the idea that anybody's losing their job right now. Uh, This is just a terrible time to be unemployed, particularly, I would I would expect for creatives, you know, because there's just not that much being uh, bought and sold. Um, But, you know, certainly this is a reality of the business. I just think it's exacerbated by the fact that you got to pay for your buyout.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I do think from a purely creative standpoint, I think we're going to have a better D.C. by the end of the year. I think the books that are coming out are going to be more streamlined, so less books, but more focused and better stories. Right? Yeah, I think
2: we'll get top tier talent on these books because you know there's less books to go around, so they'll they'll bring in like a superstar
1: creative teams like Bendis and Rice and you know, folks like that. Um, well, and the reality is that sometimes you got to cull your books. I yeah. mean, you, you, you always have to take a look at, you know, I, I find that Marvel historically has been too aggressive in this Yeah, and probably DC has been a bit lax. So, you know, it's, it's appropriate to call these books. And again, these books were not strong performers, you know, they, they weren't even, I wouldn't even call these books midline performers. Um, you know, I think it makes sense to do what they're doing here. So I, I, I'm not complaining, even though they're canceling a book I'm reading and enjoying. I'm not complaining about any of that. Uh, what I'm complaining about is is uh, the reduction of the administrative staff, particularly at this time. I just yeah. I think it's terrible timing, and I wish that a company as big as AT and T had had really manned up or cowboyed up uh, and said, you know what, we're going to cut some staff. We'll do it once the crisis is over. Because God knows when this thing is going to be over. Yeah,
2: it is sets you know, and it, it's it's coming right before the DC Fandom, um, which I, I know this is a bit of a flip from what we were just talking about, but I'm I'm stupid excited about DC Fandom, and I think it's a brilliant idea. Um, you know, it, it uh, it's not. It, um, excuse me, Disney does something similar to this with their D23 convention, but that's an actual convention, right? And, you know, it's Disney and everything they own. So you'll get um, your Marvel announcements, your, you know, Disney movies, your Pixar, your whatever, everything they own. Um, so DC Fandom is is next Saturday, as of the, it's recording, Saturday, August 22nd. It's entirely online, a virtual convention. Um, I'm assuming most of this stuff is pre-recorded. And free, and free. Um, you know, I'm assuming most of the stuff is already recorded and it will just be, you know, live streamed uh, next weekend and very much takes on the format of a convention in that you have different halls. You've got the Hall of Heroes, the Watchverse, the Kidsverse, the U-verse, the Funverse and the Insiderverse and different panels and streaming activities in all of them. And just like a comic convention, Sometimes there's shit that overlaps (laughs) that you want (laughs) to see. But, you know, for for what it's worth, uh, I find it very interesting that they're having encore showings. Yeah. So what that tells me is that this isn't just going to like they're not just going to drop a a bunch of stuff on YouTube that'll be there forever and ever. Like this will probably live stream from the fandom and then unless you record it, you're done.
1: It says 24 hours only. Yeah. That, and that tells me that this isn't going to, and unless you're recording it and you're, you're bootlegging some yeah. stuff, It's it's after that 24 hours is over, it's done.
0: Yeah, And uh, one of the things that surprised me was uh, Superman Man of Tomorrow is premiering as part of this. Right. Well, and
1: so is that Deathstroke movie. Yeah. You can watch yeah.
0: the movie as part of it.
1: So, so here's the frustrating I'm thing about that for that
0: me, Wayne.
2: That Superman Man of Tomorrow. That goes uh-huh. to my point about shit overlapping. It it that panel is seven fifteen on Saturday, and it's an hour and a half movie. And at eight o'clock is the big Suicide Squad video game panel, and I'm like, ah, oh, I can't do it. I can't do both. But so I'll probably I will probably end up watching Man of Tomorrow because I'm assuming the the video game stuff one repeats the following morning but two you know that they'll release a video game trailer online so i don't think i'll right. miss much there
0: yeah it's interesting to me you've got all of these things that you find really interesting and i kind of struggled to find stuff i cared to add
2: oh my god i, I added so much so you know i, I did I, too i, I, I <laughs> there's it starts with the wonder woman 1984 panel um there's a whole panel in the insider verse now in the insider verse that stuff i guess is just like you can start it at any time throughout the entire convention Because they have a Creating DC Lands and Rides at Warner Brothers World in Abu Dhabi. They have a whole Warner Brothers theme park there. And it it looks like it's available the entire time of the convention. I don't have to necessarily watch it, so I can watch it in between panels. Um, The Warner Brothers Games Montreal announcement. uh, The Flash panel. The Suicide Squad panel. A Surprise DC Comics panel. A Superman and Lois panel. Snyder Cut of Justice League. Black Adam. Superman Man of Tomorrow. Um... It, what what makes me sad is most of the comic panels are later in the evening. Um, right. So there's a panel about the Joker War and the Three Jokers at eleven forty-five p.m. and twelve thirty a.m. And those don't have encores. And I'm like, but I want to see those. <laughs> <laughs> but I also need to be up early the next morning for some of the encore stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I I added a ton of stuff. I'm I will. I already told Jen. I said, Jen, I just want to warn you. Next Saturday and Sunday, from 1 p.m. on Saturday to noon on Sunday, (laughs) I'm going to be basking in the DC glow. I will probably be wearing some type of comic shirt. I'm going to get some comic-themed donuts and maybe make some comic-themed meals. I'm going to make a thing of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I looked through it. I threw on a uh, Discover a Rare Lego Batmobile. That seems like a Wayne thing. Uh, Joker put on a happy face. The surprise DC Comics panel, because I want to know what the surprise is. Same, same. Uh, definitely Superman Man of Tomorrow and Deathstroke. Yeah, I did both of the premieres. Uh, Stargirl panel is the only TV show panel I'm doing. I will say, none of the I, TV shows other than the Superman and Lois one. Um, I did
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Stargirl, Titans, and uh, Lois and Superman.
0: Yeah, because Stargirl's first season is over, and I really loved it. Yeah. Did you see yeah, they have
1: I, um, a Dwayne McDuffie
2: story screening? I saw that. But it's just, it's a it's at the worst possible time, of uh-huh. course. Um, but they have some, some well, interesting documentary stuff. I mean, so they have one called Blurred Bougie Bougie House, Blurred and Bougie House. Um, uh-huh. I guess that's a production company, and it's it features African American um, panels and discussions from the DC universe. So you'll see, you know, um, just different panels focused on that.
0: So I wonder if that's going to also tie into one of uh, Jim Lee's other comments. Is that milestone is coming back? We keep hearing that. I, I I can't tell you. I mean, this has been going
1: on. I I know they're they're saying that yeah, it's coming, it's coming. But I mean, they have been saying that milestone's coming back for forever. I did see though. Uh, what is it, Dennis Cowan, uh, mm-hmm. one of the original milestone creators, did say that they had something cooking. But again, that comment was over a year ago. Yeah, mm. and it just frustrates me because I'm sorry, politically, culturally. There is no better time to have a milestone book
0: out there. I agree. Yeah, I would love to see particularly, Static is my favorite of the line. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't think they've ever, basically since the cartoon, they've never really done a good Static comic. I think. And I love the cartoon for what it is, but. I would love an Icon and Rocket TV show. I
1: would love the hell out of that. mm -hmm. I I just, I don't. It seems like hardware and Icon are low-hanging fruit. It was, um, and, and a license to print money. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I <laughs> do, do not understand it. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to have to completely reboot the Milestone universe because the 90s aesthetic is not going to work for 2020. Uh, but your, your, your core of those characters is there. And I just, I, I just think it's crazy that there is no, no live action film in production, that there's not an animated series in production, and that there is not a comic book
0: on the stands. This is just money that's getting left on the table. Yeah. I don't you know, understand it. It's going to be one of the things I miss when DC Universe isn't doing, uh, you know, video content anymore. Is I've gone back and rewatched Static Shock. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that cartoon. Oh I yeah, love, it's a great cartoon. Loved when it started tying in with Justice League and doing crossovers.
2: Yep. So what's interesting to me is, so you know, I added all my panels, and Wayne, uh, you know, we could go on and on about these panels, and we will next week, um, yeah. you know, because there are definitely some things that uh, I'm surprised you you haven't mentioned, like the um, the Legion of Superheroes panel, not the comic, but the cartoon. Yeah, I like the cartoon, but the cartoon is old. Yeah, but I don't, but why would there be a panel? Like, it just seems like, why would there be a panel?
0: Because um, that did jump out at me when I went through them, and I saw, you know, they're doing a panel on the cartoon. I mean, I rewatched it on DC Universe. Well, and I want to clarify an earlier comment. They are repeating
2: the premiere of that um, of that Superman Man of Tomorrow, but it's not until 3 a.m. in the morning, and I won't be up for Are that. those uh, West Coast times? Oh no, I'm sorry. These are East Coast times. Thank you. You choose your time zone, and it'll because uh, it starts at 10 a.m. Pacific time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, it's noon to noon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for you, yeah, it's one to one for me, basically. But I, I don't. I'm. I'm. I. I find a lot of the stuff interesting. You can. I'm, I'm sure. Again, all of it's pre. Most
0: of it's pre-recorded. But none um, of us have talked about the Chris Daughtry live performance <laughs> well, well I, not live but performance and I,
2: I find that so there's a chris daughtry count concert and a ziggy marley concert i'm like that yeah. those are unusual selections <laughs>
0: chris daughtry is going to do a solo acoustic performance of waiting for superman a song inspired by the man of steel himself it's a good song was- one thing i didn't know until i'm sitting here looking at it now is as you click on each of these events it gives you the details on it yeah right including a lot more information about the story of the the superman movie than we've previously had well and it um it shows you the length of the panel so you can see most
2: of the panels hover around 20 to 25 minutes um like that you know, everyone's super psyched about the uh the snyder cut panel yeah but it's only about 50 uh, m- most people are excited about the snyder cut panel um
0: but it I is uh it it's only 15 minutes me, uh... I saw a great meme about the Snyder Cut, and it's... Uh, remember, Batman vs. Superman was a Snyder Cut, and look how horrible it turned out.
2: I like Batman vs. Superman.
0: But, <laughs> yeah, it's only 25 minutes, so it'll probably just be, you know,
2: a brief discussion and then the trailer. But I'm good with that. Um, you know, I, I like that we're getting our little bite-sized entertainment, and... I, I, I Given... How poorly this week has gone at DC, I think some some positive movement. And I, I hope this is very successful for them. I don't know how to watch it um, yet, but I'm assuming it's at
1: DCFandome.com or something. You probably yeah, need to imagine sign in. That, yeah, I imagine you're going get, to uh, get some direction later in the week. Since you had to register
0: to, you know, yeah. uh, schedule all that stuff. Now yeah. they've got your email address. Yeah. I'm hoping they stream it on DC Universe as well. Yeah, I was th- I was thinking that would be smart.
2: So we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, we'll know more by the end of the week. Yeah. Well, speaking of DC Comics, we're, we've got a few DC books to talk about this week. Now that we're like an hour into our podcast already, um, <laughs> Dark Knight's Death Metal issue three came out, and before the show, Aaron and I were talking about, um, you know, well, we were we were figuring out what books do we want to talk about, and we were like, ah, there wasn't really much to say about Death Metal, but then Aaron said something about the Death Metal. And I'm thinking, okay, we should probably have that discussion. So, Aaron, you're officially out on death metal. Yeah,
1: hard out, hard out, and uh, it's for one reason. They keep they keep moving my cheese, Paul. Uh, <laughs> in the first issue, they promised an excursion into the multiverse to to uh, visit all the crises of the past. In the second issue, more stuff happens, and they promise an excursion into the multiverse to visit all the crises of the past. And in the third issue, a bunch of stuff happens, and they promise an excursion into the multiverse (laughs) and to visit all the crises of the past. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm out. I'll pick it up when it's on sale. But I am so... There there is not enough for me to like in this book. There are certainly some one-offs that I find entertaining, but I will revisit some of the things that I've said previously, that it doesn't feel like a serious crisis. It feels like a laugh. There's so much silliness in the book for me to try and take this book seriously and put it on the same level as Infinite Crisis and Crisis on Infinite Earths, because it's just not of that magnitude. Um, I, I, I really and truly despised this book and even by the time Staro? i got to the, <laughs> the even, even jaro jaro uh, yeah yeah I, I mean i enjoyed you know the dark side batman I, again there are some one off things that are enjoyable but there is just so much here that i'm like tighten up your goddamn storytelling you know mm-hmm. uh, i i just was so frustrated by this book and yeah even jaro can't keep me on at full price I will pick this book up when I can get it for 84 cents on comiXology.
2: Well, and what's frustrating, so here's the thing. I liked this issue. Um, You would. There are aspects of it that I didn't. (laughs) Um, They're the same issues I've had with the prior issues. I have the same complaints about Aaron, but I think I've just changed my mindset to say, okay, this is a stupid fun book, and I'm just going to enjoy it as a stupid fun book and not as the big universe-altering crossover that I thought it was going to be. So, um, was
0: that a Freudian slip? You didn't say you have the same complaints as Aaron. I, you said you I, have the same complaints about Aaron. Yeah, I, I, oh. I, I, uh,
1: I caught that as well, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have the same complaints
2: about and as Aaron. Um, <laughs> um, but my biggest so complaint... I,
1: I have been promising you... Uh, you know, a trip across the multiverse and uh, a visit to all the crises of the past. For ten That's years a, now. your complaint about me. ten years now, and it still hasn't <laughs> happened. Um,
2: uh, but my biggest complaint about this book is on the final page, there's a checklist. Now, keep in mind, we we had no comics for a few months. Mm-hmm. There is still a skip month in this series. Um, so after issue three, there's a skip month. September is a skip month, and there's you know other tie-ins released uh, one shots and things like that. And I thought this was a six issue series. It's a seven issue series. It doesn't end until January. Um, so I'm like, ouch, like this goes on much longer than I, I expected it to. I really thought, you know, it was a six issue series and we'd be done like September, October timeframe. Uh, but now we're going into January. So I feel like by January, it'll just be like one of those things that i won't care about it's going to be
1: another dc title that that took too long to come out yeah which is there's
2: no excuse for it
1: well and to a certain extent that's my
2: complaint about green lantern earth one volume two which came out this week um you know it it, it is uh written by britain and drawn by gabriel hardman uh co-written by karina betch um i i you know, we were very excited about it. There was, it was a slow, slow comic week, so I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I'll pay $16. I'll pay I'll pay new day prices, release day prices for this graphic novel. Um and then I started reading it and I'm like, damn, I really should have reread the first one because I have no clue what the hell's going on. I agree. I should have gone back
1: and reread because it's been so damn long. It, it, like they should have had a previously
2: movie. page, like a yeah. summary of the first one to get me caught yeah. up. Because I, I started, yeah. I'm like Hold
0: on. Yeah. <laughs> I straight happening?
1: I straight up I was like, what happened in volume one again?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I never read the volume one, but I also have a I have a stack of the physical Earth One books that I've never read. You know, like oh, really? someone bought someone bought me the uh Teen Titans one that I've never touched. I really enjoyed the you know, the Batman and the Superman ones, but mm-hmm. Well I I, I remember I remember really enjoying volume one and Gabriel Hardman's artwork
1: on both volumes is just outstanding. It is.
2: It is incredible.
1: he, He really creates his own take on the green lanterns. Uh, and I super enjoyed that about this book. I enjoyed that it wasn't just a straight- up combat between uh, green lanterns and yellow lanterns in this book. I loved the complication of the B story, which starts out as the A story in this book mm-hmm. uh, and then shifts positions, you know, with with hostages on uh, the the planet Laren. Um, i I thought that the complicating factors in this book really, played well across the book. And I think this book really, really thrives in its graphic novel format where you're getting, you know, 135 plus pages of story uh, and all brilliantly illustrated, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I, there, there's a moment where uh, Sinestro is featured strongly in the book. And, you know, I really prefer their take on Sinestro in this book to the take we've gotten in the Jeff Johns and other, uh, in the, in the current DC storytelling. I, I just, I thought this book was great. Plus it also tells a science fiction story and at its core, in my opinion, uh, that's what green lantern should be, should be, is it should be a, a science fiction story? Yeah. Uh, not, not a story about the magic ring on his finger. Um, the, you know, Earth's early attempts at uh, deep space travel is fascinating in this book and the political I mean, there's all these geopolitics going on I just I thought this book was was brilliantly complicated right I mean, there, there's this, this wonderful complex story going on in the politics of Earth trying to you know reach out beyond the solar system because as we saw, in volume one, because I do remember this from volume one, you know, we're already in the asteroid belt mining and doing research and in, in the distant planets, you know, but we really hadn't expanded beyond the solar system. So it's just sort of a near future sort of storytelling. And I, I just got a real kick out of this. I like the take on Arisia, uh, you know, that she is more of the leader of the core. Right. Uh, I, I, like that Kilowog is just Kilowog wherever you go, whatever <laughs> universe you're in, Kilowog is Kilowog, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, got a kick out of this book. And again, I, 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 think as a character, Sinestro really popped out to me as somebody that I really understood. In fact, I, you know, there is the moment where Sinestro has that crisis of conscience, and I, I mean, I really identified with I'm seeing a bunch of bad shit going on and I can't be a part of it. And, you know, I feel like a lot of us are in that position right now, you know, in in our current uh, political landscape and, and social landscape, you know, the, the horrible things that we see going on and, and the crisis of conscience that I can't be a part of this shit. You know, I've got to be I got to be on the, I got to be on the right side of this, not the wrong side of mm-hmm. it. And I, I I super identified with uh, his point of view in this book. Yeah, I
2: thought Green Lantern Earth One, uh, this ish, this volume specifically. Um, if and I, I vaguely remember saying the same about the first. This is very much Green Lantern the movie. Um, mm-hmm. This is the sequel to Green Lantern the movie. The stakes are higher. The action's more. Um, you know. the the action's bigger uh you know we've got more characters we've got you know the sinestro core well technically they're not the sinestro core in this but you know we've got the yellow lanterns um you know we've got the introduction of john stewart like it is very much it reads very much like a sequel to a blockbuster motion picture um and i i I super enjoyed that um yeah and and the visual storytelling from gabriel hardman on art is is amazing like you said the only real complaint I have about it is that the ending feels too rushed to me. Um, you know, it it took a while to get all the various plot threads to converge in that ending mm-hmm. and then it feels like it ends so abruptly to me. I was like, "Hold on, I feel like I need to reread the last few pages cuz like it's already over." <laughs> and <laughs> and like like what happened? Did that person actually die? Um because there's a character who sacrifices herself, and I'm like, did she actually sacrifice herself, or did the ship teleport away before she could? But you don't see her again, so I am assuming she di- she died. You know, there are th- there are just like moments like that where it's like, okay, there's a lot happening simultaneously, and I'm not entirely sure what's going on. Um, well, and I liked
1: that. I like just to provide another side on that. Uh-huh. I enjoyed. Yeah, there was a time in the book I'm like I'm not sure how some of this how some of these storylines tie together and do they you know are these just you know independent co- complexities occurring and then as you move through the book yeah they they do all tie together and here's how and then you have this just very rapid uh, ending to the book. And then a lot of time spent in the aftermath, which I was really excited about, Mm -hmm. you know, because we do introduce characters in this book like Jon Stewart. And so you get to see, you know, what happens to Jon Stewart at at, at the conclusion of the big battle. Uh, I I just thought this book was was so well done. And I the book is the book, you know, it is its own thing and it exists outside of the regular D.C. universe continuity. But I, I keep going, you know this might be your Green Lantern TV series. This might be your Green Lantern, uh, your premium television series. This might be your Green Lantern movie. If you're going to do a reboot, Yeah, because the, you don't have so much of the baggage that comes along with, with the regular Green Lantern, uh, storyline and having to tie it into everything else. I mean, you know, DC is so much about, uh you know, isolating its stories and having them unique. This might be the one to, 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 to reboot. And God dang it. I really like this book.
2: Yeah. Same here. So highly recommend Greenland. Yeah. Earth One. Um, it is still full price. It's 1599. I think that's actually cheaper than the hardcover edition. Um, uh-huh. I could be wrong. I think, you know, generally hardcovers seem to be like they would be 20 bucks,
1: um, yeah. but I bought it digitally. I will say I, you know, I did too. I bought it digitally as well. Um, and you know, while I was like, "Oh, damn!" But you know, you're right. It was a it was a smaller comic book week. After reading it, I do not begrudge the price. No. and actually, the hardcover
2: cop cost is twenty four ninety nine, twenty two forty nine oh, yeah. on Amazon. So it is cheaper to buy it
1: digitally. Yeah, it is a gorgeous book. It is a story well told. You can tell that Gabriel Hardman loves drawing this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a lot of passion on these pages, and I just super enjoyed it. I thought this was a tremendous amount of fun well we also picked up
2: not (laughs) surprisingly we picked up a non-dc book this week as well um i know just (laughs) well uh well we picked up a few but we're only gonna talk about one so uh tom taylor who we're all big fans of i know uh aaron you and wayne enjoyed his work on vision um Mm -hmm. obviously injustice deceased um you know we, we, we are tom taylor fans here he has a, a new book out from Boom yep. Studios and Wayne, thank you for bringing this to my attention um, because I saw, it on, on, I saw it on his Twitter feed, but I guess I, I don't know, in my head, I didn't connect the dots that it was this week and I would not have picked it up otherwise. Cause the cover for me, like y- you should make Tom Taylor's name bigger because he's the real selling point <laughs> of this book, right? Yeah. Um, when
0: I saw the cover on it, it's just like, I clicked it to see what it is because I do a lot of that when I see a book I don't know about. Mm-hmm. I'll read the description, and the description immediately starts off for uh, for fans of Once in Future and Undiscovered Country. Oh, it's like for people
2: on the Funny Books podcast specifically. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: uh, why don't you start us off? What'd you think of uh, Seven Secrets? So, I really enjoyed this book. I don't know. It kind of felt like it was a zero issue instead of a first issue, though, because it's narrated by a character that isn't actually in the book, the, a character that's the child of the characters we're following in the book. So I don't know if the series is going to be about that character or if it's going to be about the characters we see. But I can tell you the writing made me really fall in love with the two main characters. I, I enjoyed both of them immensely. And that alone has me tied in for the second issue to see where it's going from here.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I, I'm i right there with you, Wayne. I, I really enjoyed both of these characters, and so it made the, the ending of the book pretty hard because they, Tom Taylor spends a lot of time making you really admire, like, and love these two main characters. And, you know, spoilers, one of them doesn't make it. <laughs> uh, and that's it's really rough cause you're like, God dang it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I really liked, I really liked that character. So yeah, I, but uh, the, the, the book is terrific. The, the action is, is well, uh, well told visually. Uh, I, it, it does feel, you know, that, you know, of course these are secrets. So the idea is that we're going to, I assume we're going to find out about these secrets as time goes on. Um, uh, and so that's going to be you know the MacGuffin we chase in this in this story, but uh, it is adorned with terrific characters and a great big mystery. You know, like why? Why is any of this going on? Uh, I'm really excited about it. I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. I, I thought this was a strong first effort uh, on this uh, number one issue.
2: Agreed. You know, I, I, it it is very much a, for fans of Once and Future um you know i I find a lot of similarity there you know the ancient orders and and you know the and the action and the pacing um i would actually say for what it's worth i feel like this was a stronger first issue for me than once in Mm -hmm. future uh so i i really enjoyed this uh i i'm i'm likely in for the first arc um and we'll see how it goes from there uh, it, it's, it feels like one of those books that we're all going to like. And at some point, because we focus so heavily on DC and Marvel on this podcast, it'll just trail off. right? Um, but you know, hopefully, you know, it'll keep our attention and, and, you know, and be prevalent enough for us to, to continue reading. Well,
1: I, I, I strongly enjoyed it. I'm, I'm looking forward to more and, uh, eager to see where this goes. Cause you know, Tom Taylor, uh, he has, uh, been a a a regular and relied upon uh player uh in the uh, dc storytelling and so it's nice to see him out doing his own thing at boom so Mm -hmm. uh really really excited to see that hey paul yes sir what's coming out next week well
2: my most exciting release next week is wonder woman dead earth issue four um the concluding chapter of that wonder woman book that wayne and i are, are loving so much uh comes out next week uh, the big conclusion. Um, also from DC Comics, A- book Aaron's not going to read, Dark Knight's Death Metal guidebook. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, from Marvel, we have the new issue of Avengers, continuing the Age of Khonshu storyline. Uh, we have yeah, the newest for issue that. of Thor uh, from yeah. Donny Cates and Nick Klein. I feel like yeah, I never read that. issue five, but maybe I did. Oh, you got to
1: read issue five. I must have. Support.
2: It seems weird that I wouldn't have, but uh, I'll revisit it just to be safe um there is no new issue of empire next week so i guess it has a what? skip week next week yes at least not on the uh not showing on Comicsology anyway but I, i've been spoiled by getting these out weekly yeah know, they're, right? they're, there's so because you're on what issue four
1: yeah
2: do we know how yeah. many issues there are in the series i don't
1: i don't off the top of well my head. maybe
2: it's delayed for another three months and it's just like a, <laughs> just like every other marvel crossover and it'll be <laughs> just, to,
1: just to sync up with dc <laughs> yeah
2: because um, i actually don't see it on the release calendar for the week of the 26th either so yeah either the release calendar's <laughs> off or they 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 stuck it to you they, they yeah, got you I, hooked and they stuck it to you
0: yeah they did five issues you know week by week well, I gotta say, Empire has held held up. Uh, each each of the
1: each of the mainline books, and that's all I'm reading, uh, have been terrific. Yeah, but, I think
0: this is only a six issue series. Yeah, and issue or six it, is scheduled
2: for September second.
0: Yeah, because mm. at least they only show on their checklist up to phase four, but they may have more phases that we just yeah. don't see yet. Yeah. Well, and
2: in in it seems like in response to our discussion the other week about books like Heavy Metal and the works of Richard Corbin, um, Heavy Metal issue three hundred comes out next week, um, feature when we were
1: just having the conversation a few weeks ago. We like, were...
2: <laughs> Where the hell's Heavy Metal? <laughs> Where the hell's Heavy Metal? And yeah. features a story by Richard Corbin. Um, oh, also, really? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it, but the, now it is a very chunky issue. Um, for anyone, you know, Heavy Metal is already probably like a $10 book. The the, th- the issue 300 is thirteen ninety nine. It's basically a graphic novel price, but it's also probably a graphic novel size. Is there anywhere you can buy that digitally? Comixology.
1: Oh, they carry it? Well, I well at least know they'll,
2: they'll carry issue 300. I don't know about okay. prior issues, but uh, yeah heavy metal issue 300 next week. I'm I may actually do that. Yeah, let's talk about it cuz I I may yeah. check it out too, especially because in general it seems like a relatively slow week. Well, awesome.
1: Well, hey, you know, we'd love to know what you think about all this stuff happening at DC Comics, the layoffs, the fandom, the Snyder cut. We want to hear it all. Give us a call at 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. That number, once again, 972-763-5903.
2: You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
1: Excellent. All right, guys. Well, uh, we will do it all over again next week, and we'll be happy to chat with you about what we found out in the Fando. Dun, dun, dun. Three go in. One come out.